Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Today's guest is Deb Weirs, a mixed media artist based in Red Deer in Canada. So excited to have Deb on the show because when I first saw her work, I just thought, wow, all these amazing semi-abstract faces that were just so different to anything else I'd seen. She also manages to weave humour and different words into her art. And in this interview, she shares the fascinating process of how she creates her work, which is quite unusual. We're so thrilled to have you on today. It's, it's lovely to be able to have you on. And you're in Canada, aren't you? So it's amazing technology that we can just have all have a chat and we're all in different parts of the world. But what we would really love to start um, with is, is basically where your creative journey began. So did you come from a creative background, Deb? No, no, mom was way too busy, mom and dad. They, we, yeah, no, there was no art in the family. The first time right. I discovered art was grade six. Yeah. In my first, that was the first art class was grade six. And before that, it was, we were four kids and two parents and they were both working hard, mom inside the home and dad out. And yeah, there was no time. We we played outside all the time. We were creative in our play and our imagination and, you know we we made up stuff and but but nothing I guess like they do today <laughs> so yeah. so when when you first had that art lesson at school did you love it immediately yes absolutely it was love at first sight and uh and ever since I've I've dabbled like all my life so did, I've dabbled at something did you take the traditional route did you go to art college not until I was 45. Um, I think I was 45. I just, I mostly throughout my life, I copied uh, just pictures just for me and the family. And I did different mediums, pen and ink and macrame hangings and stained glass and just all over the place. And then I joined a calligraphy guild in Red Deer in my, I think just before I was 40, and there was a, I always wanted to go to art school, but I thought you had to have a portfolio, and I didn't have one, so I never, ever tried to apply, and the gal encouraged me that I didn't need one, and to just go apply, and and that's how I I, I did it, and got in, and yeah. So you're, you're like me then, because I was a really late bloomer as well. I didn't yeah. start until I was in my sort of 30s, early 30s, and... Okay. Um, like you, I just assumed, oh, you know, you've got to have gone to art school before, you know, what's the point in starting now? And and now I look back and think that's such a ridiculous way to think um, because any age, it doesn't matter if, if it's in you, it's in you, isn't it? And Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, so I'm surprised to, I just assumed you'd been doing this, well, all your life, to be honest. Um, but you're um, based in Canada, as I said before, in Red Deer, is that right? Yes. So what's the art community like there? The art community is is pretty vibrant. Um, I'm a farm girl, and we have you know animals and gardens, and 
and I'm a bit of a, I'm, I'm coming up 63 and I don't really go to town at night. So I'm not that involved in town. I've had a few little shows and, but I don't go in at night. So I don't, uh, my, my involvement is mostly online with the art community on there. It sounds lovely living on a farm. Sounds like loads of inspiration there. Oh yes. It's, uh, I go to town about once a week in the day for some stuff and I got to tell you, the energy in town just drains me. It's it's so peaceful out here. But you, because you work on a farm, I would have said that you would be perhaps more likely to do animals, but <laughs> but you do actual humans, don't you? So um, yes, yeah. You, you're never I, tempted to draw a cow then or something. <laughs> no, not farm animals. I do add cats and dogs, and uh, you know, just odd critters that I make up into quite a bit of my work, but. Yeah, no, and it's all mostly from my imagination and, yeah. So have you always been drawn to painting faces or have what you painted changed over time? And how did you get started with painting faces? No, I haven't been always drawn to painting faces. I, I did anything but, and when I went to college, the figure painting, figure drawing and painting was what I liked the least, which is interesting because... Now the faces is what I like the best. But um, I took an online class uh, for drawing faces and that got me started. And then I've been in love with them ever since. So what what did you like at college then? What were you drawing there? Oh, I liked doing, I did a lot of kind of African uh, art with lots of patterning and stuff in it. I, I love patterning. And it was just a, it was just a basic two-year um, course that you took everything, right? You took drawing and um, design and clay and, and painting. And I did took printmaking as well. And I like the, uh, the more abstract, gestural, patterning, that kind of stuff. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It sounds just like our foundation courses over here where you try yeah. a bit of everything to work yeah. out what you want to yeah. do next. Yeah. So I'm guessing that kind of African influence, is that something that's influenced your current style or ha has that changed over time? Well, as well? I, I love anything tribal and the patterning in it in, in so much tribal things um, like decorations and stuff. So I'm so drawn to all that patterning. And that actually wasn't long. As soon as I learned how to draw a face kind of properly, I started putting patterns and words on it. And yeah, it, it, I think it affects my art to this day because I love decoration like that. Yeah, it's really distinct, your art. You know, I can see it and you can immediately know it's yours, can't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the same thing. I've never seen any art like yours before. It's, it's very distinct, very unique. Um, and obviously, this is something a lot of artists are striving to find, isn't it? A unique style. And, you know, some artists get quite obsessed about it, but um, struggle to find it. So what advice would you give to an artist who's actually trying to find their own unique style? Okay, that, um, you see, when I started this, I had no plan for anything or agenda. I just like to work. So I, I just um, played and played and played and, uh, and kept experimenting. And I would just say, put in the hours, try everything, like, everything and always experiment and push boundaries because I believe that's how you find your marks too more 
and and figure out what your passions are, what you care about, um, because I truly believe that comes in, comes through, you know, and and gives you drive to. Was there a specific point that you remember where you sort of stood back and thought, "I've got a style," <laughs> you know? Did you? Is it something you kind of stumbled over by accident? Did, yeah. Because I know that it was a lot of people um, said to me. I like your style way before I even realized I had one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of the same. I think, um, I, I didn't know. I, I was just doing my own thing and, and yeah. And then people were, yeah, you have such a unique style. And I'm like, Oh, do I? <laughs> so yeah, same, same thing, I guess. You mentioned that you took this class in learning how to draw faces. And I see that you've taken quite a lot of classes. You, you mentioned them in your hashtags. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Do you think that's one thing that also helps you develop that? Right. I was going to, that was one of the things I wanted to mention for people wanting, I had, I made some notes, but of course I forgot them. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, yes, totally. That's what trying all those different classes, all those different ideas and, and ways to create and meeting all the different artists and sharing and, talking and the community it totally helped me to develop my style I I wouldn't be here if not for the classes so is there one class that or two classes that have really stood out for you in in really helping you along oh it's a it's a tough one to say because I feel I gain from everyone and everybody's so different like online classes that I like somebody else doesn't and vice versa yeah so uh, and gosh, I've taken so many. I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one to answer. Okay, well, what was the face one called? Can you share that the first one you did that got you into yeah. drawing faces? Yes, it was called Let's Face It. It was a year long class, and it had eighteen teachers in it, I think. And throughout the year, each teacher taught two two lessons. And it was through Kara Strachan Bullock art, uh, and it's online. And yeah, and she she's done. I think let's face it, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and a 2020 is coming up as well. And I have, I have seen that. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. And and she, I did teach a lesson in the 2017 after I took the 2016 and. Oh, cool. Yeah. so That's nice, turning a bit to teaching as well. Yeah, well, I she helped me with the computer thing because I I just can't do that. So that's what holds me back from trying to teach. And I suppose if I'm, I'm naming artists, I'll, I have to say Ardeth Goodwin has been a huge influence in my development as an artist. And she's also an online class teacher so what is your process for creating a piece of art from the idea to the finished piece my process i start with making some marks on a paper sometimes i'll gesso it and to get some texture on sometimes i'll just work on on clear you know no gesso and I'll, i'll get some marks on just so that the page isn't blank and then i'll drop a little ink on, spray some water on, and sometimes move it around. 
and let it dry. And then I try to find an area for a face or uh, some critters or, you know, just find something to pull out of it. So I kind of use my imagination 90% of the time. And then I'll block out around the outside, white out the background and start to develop the characters and then color the background in the end and and detail and so you sound like it's quite a quite a method where you put marks down and see what you find you don't plan what you're going to create in advance no no i'd say 90 percent of my work i don't plan a thing i start with marks i find something and then i develop it and I forgot to mention, I love adding collage. So I'll, even and sometimes I'll just put a piece of paper, glue it on the page, and that'll give me an idea. So do you ever use a reference image as a starting point to work? Or they, I know you said that they're 90% from your imagination. Where, when is it that you sort of think, I'm going to use a reference for this? I will use it. I, sometimes I'll have a reference figure or face on the side so that if I want to look at some eye detail, I can look mm. at it, but, but I don't use it to draw from. Mm. And, and I've noticed as well that you often add words to your art, sometimes quite humorous as well. Yes. Um, first of all, what I'm interested to know is do the words come first and do you um, make the art to go with the words or is it the other way around? Can you talk us through perhaps a couple of pieces and where the ideas come from uh oh shoot i don't have my um for the humor i don't have my photos here but yes the words come after i'll do i'll, yeah. I'll do the picture and then the word the words either come during it or at mm. towards the end and then for pieces like i'm quite passionate about passionate about every all sentient beings and you know just caring for all beings not just humans so that often comes up in my work. And so when the words come in that situation, the piece is usually focused towards that. And then I, I add the words. And, and then the humor ones, they just happen. Like there's a certain look on the woman's face, a sour look or something. And the words kind of will just come. I love the way you write it as well. Is that all hand done? Or have you sort of created that sort of typeface? Well, like I said, I was in the calligraphy guild here. Of course. And so this is my, this is kind of my font that I've developed of my own. It's my own unique lettering, I guess you can say. Yeah, because Tara, you you once did that, didn't you? You you were sort of um, putting font on a lot of your pieces and somebody actually asked you, didn't they, what font are you using? Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, well, it's just, like, it's just what I've done. I've made it up. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and it sort of, become almost unique to you you know so but yeah, mine was yeah. nowhere near as good as Deb so I have to say <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> well, I wouldn't say that just different just different <laughs> so when you're working on a piece and you decide to develop it more because I've seen that you go back to some of your older pieces do yes. you just go for it or do you make a copy and test it out first no I just go for it because I like the the risk staying in there because I think that's where I grow is by taking that risk and if I'm careful then I'm not pushing the boundaries Uh Um, 
So, so no, I, I always just dive in and, and if I, if it goes wrong, I can always collage over and, you know, just keep working. I'm very stubborn. I get it from both sides of my family. And uh, so I will pick away at something forever. <laughs> so did any of them not work and you just, you have to give up? Not uh, too uh, many. There's maybe one in 30, I'd say. Oh, that's, no, that's not bad. No, very good. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> but like I say, so, and sometimes I'll put it away for a year and then get it back out and then be able to work through it. So, you know, there's also a time process sometimes. So is there a particular material that you just could not be without? Uh, yes, my FW inks. For sure. The Dale Rowney FW Acrylic Artist inks. So what's what's so special about those? They're so rich and vibrant in their color and they're fluid. Yeah. I, I absolutely yeah. love working in fluid medium of any sort. So mm. but they're so much I find them so much more vibrant than watercolor. Yeah. And I like yeah. I like to work fast, so they're they're quick for me. Does that lead to sort of happy accidents quite a lot oh, yeah. as well? Because they're quite. Yes. I'm presuming that's an important part of your process, is it? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it does. And it, like I say, sometimes I'll put the inks on and spray some water on and then and then uh, tip the page and they meld a little and let it, you know. So, yeah, happy accidents for sure. Do you ever work on more than one piece at once? Yes, I try to always have at least two or three going. I'd like to have more, but at least two or three so that I can, if I'm stuck on one, I can go to the other and, you know, play on that one for a while. Not, not while you're waiting for it to dry, because that's what I can't bear. No. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm too impatient. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like my, my kind of method then. <laughs> Yeah, I use, I use oils oh. and I, I do mine in layers and, you know, sometimes I take days before I can get onto the next layer. Yes, so, I know. You're, you're more like Tara where you yeah, want to get quick. it done, yeah. Quick. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, so how often do you create? I create daily. Some days, like, because we grow all, all our own food and harvest it, we eat out of, out of our garden year-round through putting stuff away. So fall is so busy in summer, but I, even at the busiest times, even if I can get 15 minutes in to sit down and play, I'll do it and just add on to whatever I have going, you know, work on some piece. But some days I get like six hours and I'll, I'll work through that. Most days I work after supper, right till bedtime and then often early morning I get a few hours in too if I can. So, Is there a time of day where you often feel more creative than, than others? Because okay. I know for me, I, I, if I haven't got my creative time in sort of by lunchtime, then my that kind of side of me starts to break down a bit <laughs> and I lose my, my mental energy, I think. So yeah. it's a morning for me. Yeah, and, and also get distracted by other chores and stuff yeah. yeah yeah I like if I can get a couple hours in the morning and after supper because everything is my duties are all done for the day so I can focus in then too quite, mm. quite easy mm. unless I'm exhausted then I can't no. no 
But do you, obviously, you know, we know you love faces. Um, do you ever take a break from faces and draw other subjects, even just for your own personal work? Because, I mean, I'm a still life painter, but it's interesting because in my sketchbook, it's all about figures and anything but still life. So I'm just wondering whether you ha- have a similar, whether you do something similar. Oh, that's interesting. Um, actually, I'm kind of... No, well, like I say, I do the cats and dogs and funny little cartoon-like creatures. Um, I've been doing these little 15-minute doodles on a four-by-four pieces of paper, and they're just like little people and critters and anything. It's a it's a random word doodle app on the on the web, and and they pick two words and then you draw something. And yeah, right. Yeah, it's really fun, and it it just makes my brain work and so I guess that's quite different from yeah doing the faces I think one of my favorite pieces actually on your website is on the very first page and it's like a person with a dog and this dog's got a really cute long nose and it's just I loved it I really it had such I mean everything of yours has got character but this little dog it was just adorable that one was (laughs) called girl with dog and I remember that one well because I was very happy with that piece and yeah 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 it's definitely one of my favourite bits, I think. I really, really enjoyed looking. I look, I enjoy looking at all of them, but that one just stood out for me for some reason. Maybe because I love dogs as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. probably helps. Well, that's where I think <laughs> the connection between humans and animals. And when I combine the two, um, people really react to them because I think we do have such a connection. So have you ever experienced artist's block? And and if so, how did you deal with that? Oh, yes, I have, and it quite regularly. But I have learned just over time and staying in the game, kind of, like I I just put a mark on a paper and, and that, and I know if I work, I'll get through it. Often, if, if I do a piece that I personally really like, that's the hardest time. Because I think, well, that's it, you know. <laughs> but mm. but um, I, I've just learned over time to put the pencil to paper and and to make some marks and keep going and to be willing to just not be looking for an outcome, just to play, I guess. Yeah, enjoy yeah. the process. That's, yeah, yeah. 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 I think the hardest thing sometimes is just starting when you're feeling that way, isn't it? And like you say, it's just a matter of putting the pencil down on the paper and that's half the battle, isn't that's it? That's exactly, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Do you yeah. find as well, because I know if I draw something and I like it, other people might not, but they might like the ones you don't like. Yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're our own worst critics, aren't we, don't you think? Well, we often don't know what, what's people like and what people don't we often what we think's great somebody else doesn't and then what we think's not so great somebody else loves yes but I think that's because our personal taste is so much different for our own work do you know what I mean it's like uh I know yeah it's hard to explain but yeah I think think you know know your mistakes don't you? you know your own mistakes and where you went wrong yeah <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> are you can I just ask your your faces obviously that you draw are they based on on people you know and if they are 
do they know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they they actually aren't. But my mother, who is coming up 92, and she lives in another house on property here. And she's totally self-sufficient yet. And she's the strongest, most humorous woman I've ever known. And she inspires me every day. So, and she's been through so much hardship and struggle in her life. And a lot of my faces relate to, I guess, her life and, and my life and, and everybody's lives who've, you know, been through stuff. And so they relate to people, but nobody specific. Like, is that, yeah. 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 So which artists inspire you and why? Okay, well, I, I wrote down three. Um, Linda Vacon, she's an artist in Montreal, and Veronica Kay, she's in the U.S. and of course, and Ralph Steadman has always inspired me. I I actually saw his work years and years and years ago, and it, and I loved it. And I think the reason they inspire me is because they they stay loose and brave and they're always pushing and and I just I really like the mark making of all three of them and uh, the way they portray figures and people and yeah and they're always experimenting it seems you mentioned about they're loose and they're free is there um a point during your process where you think I need to stop because obviously a lot of um artists struggle with that point don't they and overwork things how do you know when your piece of art is finished pretty much just a gut feeling a sense you know mm. um because as you know I'm very I'm very much a detailed person on the end and I, I my work is very busy I've had people say I don't know how how it can work being that busy but uh yeah there just comes a point where I know that's it. If I add more, it's just clutter. Hmm. So you seem to sell every piece of work you create. Do you remember the first piece you ever sold? I don't remember, but I looked to see where, because now I document everything, of course. And But I looked back, and the first piece I ever wrote down was February of 2016. It was Girl with a Pout, and it went to a gal in Pennsylvania. So how did that moment feel to you? Because I remember the first time somebody bought a piece of my art and, and I, I just remember thinking, really? Oh, my gosh, wow, you know, somebody actually wants to pay money for something I've done. And it was just amazing, that feeling. Did you feel like that when you first sold your, oh, your first piece? Yes, because never in my whole life did I ever expect to sell any art at all. Mm. And so for somebody to want to buy a piece of mine, it was thrilling yes and it still is every time somebody wants to buy a piece of my work I'm absolutely thrilled because um yeah it's just I feel so grateful do you ever do you ever feel a slight sense of loss though when you let one go because if you have say like a, a piece you really love I I've had this in the past where in fact it was quite recent where I put a painting up and it sold instantly which isn't usual but it was one of those ones that I'd done and I thought I'm so pleased with this and it's kind of like you you spend a long time on the process don't you and then you only if if that happens it's like you only get a day or two with the joy of looking at it and it's gone <laughs> so 
Do you do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel almost sad when something goes? Yes, I I, I always say it's almost like birthing a baby because you 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 create this thing and then you have to let it mm. go, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I've got way better, and my husband helps because he's like, why pile it up? And I've I've kept very few pieces. I think I've kept maybe six pieces over everything I've done, and mm. I've I've got way but at first it was hard to let them go and sometimes I would if somebody wanted a piece I would still hang on to it for a while before I you know agree to sell it but now I can I've I've got to where I can let them go quite easily so do do you do prints though I didn't at all up until just recently because to mail from Canada is quite pricey so that you know is a hindrance so people have asked for prints for a long time and I haven't done it, but I just, I just started doing a few and uh, yeah, so I'm happy about that. It, it's worked out so far. What <laughs> tips have you got for someone who wants to sell their work? Um, well, that's a tough one to answer because I never went, it just kind of slowly came, but I would say for me, what, what really helped was the online community and the online classes and experience exposure and meeting other artists and sharing um because I guess it just makes you more visible and and you meet lots of people and you get a broader uh like from home I would never know anybody here but and also um I guess to not to not be focused on selling if you know what I mean yeah 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 so so you're just enjoying it and selling it is the bonus sort of thing yeah yeah I think that's the that's the most important part isn't it it's, it's got to be about the process before the sale hasn't it otherwise you're you're painting to sell and and it doesn't mean as much does it well and I don't think you take the risks or or do your own what wants to come out of you as much if you're doing it to cater to what somebody else likes yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, I know you said you were just starting to do some prints, but I know you have actually got a book out, haven't you? Can you tell us a bit yes. about your recent book? Okay, it's called The Many Faces of Deb. And uh, I I had so many people asking me to do online classes, and I just can't because of my technical skills are so poor. So I wanted to share in some way, you know, where people could have some of my work to look at and and use to inspire them or whatever so I I thought of doing a book and I found a Canadian self-publisher and uh, I wanted it to be a visual journey of my past seven years that's kind of the amount of time I've been working like hard and steady and uh, yeah it was a long journey and we got through some hurdles and it's out there and I'm really pleased with the end product and I've had good feedback and yeah, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and bookdepository.com, which ships worldwide, I believe. So has it got um, a bit about your process in there as well, or is it more a kind of gallery of all your work? No, I didn't do process. I'm considering someday possibly doing another book with process and doing um, like quite a few of my pieces in there and then also four or five 
process pieces all the way through. This one, because it was, it was just, I didn't know what I was doing. So I just <laughs> kept it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that brings us nicely to what um, the next question is, which is what are your goals then for the future? Okay, well, um, possibly another book. I want to live another 30 years. I'm coming up 63. (laughs) 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 I want to live to at least 90 and hopefully create till the day I die. Um, I always, I want to keep always pushing and growing in my art. I don't want to get stale or stuck in a certain, you know, kind of spot um Mm. i want to i hope i never have to leave the farm i i'm so content here and my travel days are over um i just it's not where i want to go um do you have um a studio on your farm i actually work at the kitchen table oh do you (laughs) because i don't have a studio i have a, a a spare bedroom that has i have all my supplies in there but uh, basically, it's the kitchen table. It just goes to show, though, doesn't yeah. it? A, you know, a lot, of, a lot of artists say, oh, you know, I can't, you know, an artist needs to have a studio. I don't have the space. Yeah. And you are obviously a prolific and very successful artist. And you don't have that um, studio. So no. it, it goes to show that that's not necessary at all. No, not at all. And uh, mm. I, I'm so envious of some of those studios I see. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what I could do with that space. But you know what? I, yeah. I love working where I work. And my poor husband, he gets about a quarter of the table, you know. For <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry about it, though. Don't you ever worry about him putting a cup of tea on the yeah, no, <laughs> on your piece of work and no, and getting a, getting a coffee ring on it or something? Or would you just use that as part of your it, uh, composition? It would just add. <laughs> just, yeah. It just adds more depth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to I used to work in my kitchen actually. Um, this is before I had because we've got a garage. And my husband he um, converted the garage into a space specifically for my art, which is great. Oh, nice. But like you, um, once upon a time, I used to work in the kitchen and I used to set up still lives in the kitchen. And one of them, this is when I was very first sort of learning, was obviously um, a really lovely um, sort of basket full of veg. <laughs> and uh, then my husband decided when I was halfway through my um still life to cook a roast dinner (laughs) he he didn't realize that I had set this thing up and I went back to it and realized that it was all gone oh Oh, no (laughs) it was early days and it was when I was first learning so that was a good lesson for me yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) on your kitchen table are you just working flat or do you have an easel or stuff on there no I am working flat um I, my husband built me actually a beautiful little easel that you can set on the table, um, but it's not big enough for um, a, a bigger sheet. So I have to get him to make me another one. And a lot of all my detailing I have to do flat. When I'm doing the running, you know, spritzing and stuff, I can have it upright, but all my detailing I kind of have to do flat. So, yeah. Yeah. So where is the best place that people can find out more about you? Well, I, I don't have a website or a shop, um, but I do. I am on Facebook just as Deb Weirs, and it's public. And I'm also on Instagram uh, as at Deb Weirs Art. 
And I'm also on Pinterest, uh, Deb Weir's Bob Deb 2 should get you to my page. I'm really confused because... I'm sure you've got. I'm sure you've got a website. Yeah, me too. Oh, I'm sure I was okay. on it earlier. Okay, that's the website for the book. And oh. yeah, sorry about that. I don't know how to work it. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm not talking to the wrong Deb, am I? <laughs> no, I do get the emails from it, but yeah. I am so serious about my computer illiteracy that. <laughs> <laughs> but but even so, that website does give a very good idea of what you do oh, okay. so i'd still recommend people go and visit it because you've got a, a you know lovely images on there yes um, i've got i've got the url wonder- actually which is debweirsart.com if anyone wants to have a look okay, okay. <laughs> but we'll put we'll put links to everything obviously okay. where you are on the end of our show notes as long as as well as your book so okay. people will be able to find you yeah the pu- but yeah I'd re- the publisher set that up for me ah, the book publisher. yeah Oh, lovely. Yeah. No, it's great. And just quickly, I, one thing I didn't, I couldn't tell on, on that site was how big you work. I was, I'm just interested to know. You mean my body size? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. How big, how, how big you work. In other words, how big are your pieces? Oh, <laughs> not what a rude not question, how big you work. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's funny. Okay, um, <laughs> I work. The largest I work is kind of fifteen by twenty-two or seventeen by twenty-two because of shipping. That, that's if inches, go, or right. is that inches? Yeah, will be. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what are your oh, vital no, statistics? <laughs> yeah, and what and what your shoe size is? Yes. <laughs> It's a regular it's oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been a joy to talk to you today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, and thank you to the both of you. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you too. It's it's uh, it's been an, it's been exciting. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. 